Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for insightful analysis and enlightening discussions. I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us today. Well, we have a special show for you today. It's called The Fed's View on commercial real estate. We have the opportunity to talk with Brian Bailey. Brian is a senior financial policy analyst in the Supervision and Regulation Division of the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. Brian's responsible for thought leadership in commercial real estate and providing guidance on valuation issues. Brian has had an impressive career in the industry, including time with Ernst & Young, Flagler Development, and Tavistock Group. Brian has earned the CCIM designation and an MBA with concentrations in real estate and finance from the University of Florida. Brian Bailey, welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Michael, thank you for having me. It's great to be back. We appreciate you joining us here in uh, Studio One in Atlanta. And first, if you get us started, on what is the mission of the Fed in particular to, uh, related to commercial real estate? So two primary aspects come to my mind. First is monetary policy. Mm -hmm. And so you have the dual mandate of full employment plus price stability, which is where the interest rate portion of the equation comes in that would impact commercial real estate and residential real estate. Mm -hmm. and, and secondly, you have our function of safety and soundness of the financial system. And so we're spending a significant amount of time, you know, looking at and ensuring the safety and soundness of the financial system. That takes on the role of our bank examiners going into the banks, pulling a sample of residential and commercial loans, looking at the underwriting, looking at the current conditions that they're in, and trying to make sure that the safety and soundness of the financial system is insured. Well, that makes sense, and uh, glad you're doing that, right? Um, well, tell us, what is your role, and how do you guys monitor uh, commercial real estate? So my, my role has three tiers. One is, is you know, being a sounding board for our examiners. As they're in the banks looking at these loans, you know, they would call somebody like me when they have questions and say, you know, we have, we're concerned about these rental rates, these cap rates. We're concerned about this project. Tell us what you think. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, kind of one piece. The second thing is, is that I interact, you know, significantly with the community um, and trying to help uh, take some of that information and shape the Federal Reserve's opinion on commercial real estate. We have very great data, but as you know, data, you know, is rear looking and we appreciate all the folks in the community that, that are active participants that help us kind of ground our observations that come from the data in the reality of what's going on in the marketplace. And, and then third is trying to uh, get out and speak about it. The Fed, the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta has been very generous in giving me the opportunity to go out and speak about some of the conditions and some of the information uh, that we see day in and day out. Well, I like that you look forward. Uh, so many times, if you if you look back, you don't know where you're headed in the rearview mirror, right? You got to look forward through that uh, windshield. Well, let's also put it in perspective for, for the banking and for the U.S. economy overall. How big is U.S. commercial real estate and value, and how much is it involved in the GDP? Is that is that one of the easier questions? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, obviously these are just my views um, and not the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta nor uh, the Federal Reserve System. But from some of the things that I've read, I, I would estimate that the commercial real estate um, and, and some of the land associated 
the values probably range from from 15 to to 20 trillion dollars. Mm-hmm. If you look at it as far as a percent of GDP, and I'm I'm referring to construction that goes on in commercial and the construction that goes on associated with the residential piece. Um, you know, each of those areas encompasses about $400 billion last year in 2013. Um, residential was a little bit more than, than commercial. And, and so roughly um, it accounted for 7 to 8% of the nation's gross domestic product. And that's basically just looking, though, at the construction and the related sal- uh, salaries and things revolving construction, right? That doesn't include the kind of the ongoing management of existing properties and that sort of thing, right? Well, so. it would include um, costs associated with demoing space and retenanting costs okay. and some of the project management costs associated with that. Mm-hmm. So so um, it probably doesn't cover the ongoing management of the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a big business. And uh, so tell us about the economy a little bit. What do you expect for job growth and how employment growth may impact commercial real estate moving forward? Well, certainly the picture has brightened significantly since I was here last year. Um, and, and just for the audience, uh, we've given a slide deck to, to uh, the commercial real estate show that they can post. And so if you look at the, at the first page, which talks about household job growth, mm-hmm. it's still a mixed bag. Um, this is kind of, it represents the uh, continuous 48 states and it represents job growth by county. And, and there are areas that, that certainly, um, as, as some of my colleagues talk about, they're slack their slack remains, um, which is certainly the truth. But we see a number of areas um, in, in light green, dark green, and blue, which represent areas that have seen significant job growth over the last year. And, and I'm glad to report that that picture looks a whole lot better than when we got together 12 months ago. Yeah, that's great. And that's, that's really helping the office market and uh, it's helping retail spending. It really makes the world go around. And a lot of that uh, is construction jobs, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and the, to the second slide, what we've done is we've broken out the recovery um, associated with the last two downturns to try to look at how they're differing. And so certainly one of the areas that's a significant difference is the number of jobs created in government and the number of jobs created in manufacturing. You can see that if you look at the slide on, on page number two, the, the government has shed about 600,000 jobs in the four plus years that we've been watching this since the downturn in 2008, 2009, and early 2010. Whereas coming out of two, the downturn in 2002 and 2003, the government added roughly 870,000 jobs. Manufacturing, it's night and day. We've added roughly 600 or so thousand jobs this time. So really does give credence to we are seeing you know, a rebound here domestically in manufacturing, which is certainly good news for the industrial sector. Construction-wise, um, you know, the numbers are not as robust this time around versus last time, but the very positive news is, is that in just the last few months, we've begun to see uh, the construction jobs that were added become very, you know, become a very hot sector. As a matter of fact, if you look at it on a percentage gain basis, construction is adding the most jobs of any sector that we've got here currently. And that's good news, right? I mean, it's usually residential construction and housing that kind of gets us out of these recessions, right? 
Absolutely. But I think a lot of it has been, you know, driven by multifamily right now. I mean, if you look, you know, and, and uh, you know, I look at my experience and, and really coming out of, out of the downturns, it's residential construction. It's also office construction. Mm-hmm. And this time it's really been led by multifamily. Mm-hmm. I think some of that was, you know, the foreclosure issues, lack of available credit to buy new homes. Mm-hmm. But certainly we're on a little bit different footing now compared to some of the rebounds um, in the past. Okay, and let's, while we're talking about the economy, let, let's stay on it. What do you expect for GDP and imports and expert, exports and, and the impact there on commercial real estate? Another an- easy one. Another easy one. I love it. Thank you very much. I'm, you know, I think, you know, instead of talking about specific numbers, I think that, you know, we have to look at kind of the whole picture. And, and certainly one of the major factors in GDP is exports and imports. And so, you know, we have to look overseas. And so if you look at our trading partners in Europe right now, a significant number of them um, are, you know, encountering heightened geopolitical issues. Certainly they were in in a recession last year some of the after effects continue to linger. And, and so certainly, you know, some struggles uh, from an export perspective to Europe. If you look south to Latin and South America, um, you know, certainly those economies have done well, but you're beginning to see, you know, some of them ratchet back their expectations for gross domestic product this year. And, and, and so some uncertainty there. And then if you, if you look to our partners, such as Japan and, and China uh, and, and some of the Asian countries, um, you know, they've done very well. Uh, Jap- Japan uh, had a significant contraction this last time, I think due to some of the legislation, some of the tax legislation there. So my hope is, is that it's a little bit of an anomaly. But I think that, that, you know, if you look at internationally as a whole, you're seeing, you know, the signs that growth is not as robust. But domestically, you know, the U.S. uh, GDP is on a very positive uh, trajectory. And my expectation is that we'll continue to see that for some time. Okay. Well, excellent. Well, stay tuned. We're going to take a short break. We'll have more with Brian Bailey with the Fed on the commercial real estate view. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate-related topics, check out our on-demand show podcasts. Uh, some available topics include separate shows with updates and forecasts of each property sector. There's a show called There's an App for That, and there's a great show on commercial real estate auctions. Basically, if it was related to commercial real estate, we've probably covered it. Uh, you can look over the show titles and access them anytime on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. Just visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. 
Today our show is called The Fed's View on Commercial Real Estate. We're talking with Brian Bailey, Senior Financial Policy Analyst with the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. And Brian, I'd like to talk about banks a little bit. Have banks turned the corner? Are they doing well now? It seems like some recent reports say they're they're doing a lot better. Right. And, and certainly my view is, is that they are improving significantly. Um, I would reference the asset qualities have improved significantly, so the percentage of non-performing assets has dropped significantly since the peaks in 2009 and 2010, both in construction and development loans, but also the performing properties. And so certainly some, some very positive news there. I think you see it in lending. Um, you see a number of banks that are returning to the lending environment. And, and for the audience, one of the slides I reference is our fourth slide that talks about commercial real estate uh, outstanding balances at banks. Mm-hmm. And you can see on the slide that in the last seven years, the balances uh, have hit all-time highs uh, this last quarter in multifamily and in other CRE, which is our jar- jargon for leased property. Mm-hmm. And so certainly some very positive trajectory there. The other thing is, is that in blue are the C&D loans, the construction mm-hmm. development loans, which we all know had you know significant issues and significant losses associated with them during the downturn. And you're beginning to see that trend beginning to turn upwards as well. And so I think that we are seeing, you know, the banks getting back into it. So some good news. Yeah, and that really helps commercial real estate and everyone involved with it. And and also uh, our tenants are getting loans again, right? The uh, the business loans have uh, picked up a lot as well, right? C&I lending, commercial and industrial lending is doing very well, yes. Okay. And are there... Um, Fed recommendations to banks on the percentage of commercial real estate loans and, and C&D loans that they, could, that they should have in their portfolio? Well, they're, they're guidelines. And, and really, the guidelines are, are meant to set some expectations. Mm-hmm. And, and so we want to see as you begin to approach those guidelines and even exceed them. It, it's, your, it's the bank's choice. Obviously, you know, their shareholders drive their risk return profile. But as they approach those guidelines, certainly, you know, we begin to increase the rigors of our bank exams. And our expectation is, is that the banks are going to do, you know, more rigorous underwriting and review of their portfolios and their procedures. You know, one of the good things that's come out of Dodd-Frank is we're seeing the banks that um, are involved in the stress test. They are looking at their portfolios in much greater detail and and doing, um, you know, a, a, a much better job compared to several years ago in understanding the potential losses associated with, uh, you know, commercial real estate loans. So certainly some some good news there. And you talked about um, their underwriting there. What do you see there on the bank's underwriting of uh, loans today? I think, you know, one of the slides that we've got, if you look at slide five, you know, shows this is a, this is done by the Federal Reserve. It's a survey of senior loan officers at a bank, and we've given you roughly the last year's worth of data, and it shows that the number of banks that are loosening their underwriting standards and making credit available is increasing. Um, and has increased over the last several quarters. So certainly some very good news. Um, Even in the areas of uh, C&D loans, construction development loans, banks are, are, we're seeing a bigger appetite for those loans. 
um, non-farmly, non-res, which is our fancy term for talking about commercial real estate um, and operating building. We see, you know, those the appetites continue to increase there. And multifamily certainly has been on a significant run. Now, in this last quarter, we see that, that um, the number of banks um, actually slightly tightened their requirements for multifamily. And so I think based on just my view, but based on certain that fact and several others, you know, I think you begin to see that, that the picture that multifamily may be entering a mature cycle. Again, that's kind of a national perspective. Um, you know, uh, as you know, performance is very sub-market uh, property type specific. Yeah, that's true. And one of the things that we saw doing a lot of uh, foreclosure REO sales for, for lenders around the country was a lot of issues with participation loans where banks pulled their money together and went into to larger loans and sometimes these loans were not in their in their market area uh, are you seeing a little less of that this time and and as as the fed look into the banks and saying hey you might want to stay closer to your backyard well i think i think there is a, a reference I, I would reference uh, a study done by the st louis fed that looked at top performing banks during the downturn they made sure that the banks had been in business for a number of years. They were involved in commercial real estate. Um, and really, one of the things that came out of it was that they knew their market very well and that they showed discipline to walk away from, from some deals that they felt were risky. And, and so I think that you know, it heightens the importance for, bank, for banks to know what's going on in the marketplace, not only with the specific property that's, that's under underwriting, but you also have to know what's going on with the competitors around it, because we have seen some trends recently, um, you know, where there's been cannibalization of tenants as new projects have come online. And so certainly that puts stress on that specific property if you're a lender there. Yeah. What can you tell us about the latest on Fannie and Freddie, Brian? Another, another very easy question. Thank you, Michael. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to, uh, uh, to skip commenting on the subjects with L words. So I'm going to skip the lawsuits, mm-hmm. the legal proceedings, um, as well as the legislation. Mm-hmm. And what I'd really like to focus on is, you know, the, the role that Fannie and Freddie play. I mean, residential real estate is, is very important to, I'm sorry, residential and commercial real estate, uh, which they're involved in, is very important to the U.S. economy. As we talked about, roughly 8% or so of GDP um, last year. And, and, and so certainly there is a role for a vehicle like Fannie and Freddie. There is a need for it. And, and so, uh, you know, that's my only concern. Uh, with what's going on is is how that plays out. Okay. How about your comments on CMBS? Where are we there? Are you going to see more CMBS loans, and how is that affecting banks? CMBS, uh, you know, is, is, is very interesting right now. It's a, it's a very interesting environment. Um, you know, there are a number of, of uh, market participants right now. Um, in some circles, there's an argument that there may be too many originators. And, and so certainly when you begin to see some of that, that dynamic, it becomes a little concerning just because of the heightened competition. Um, the slide we have posted is, is on slide number six. And what this shows is the loan structures associated with CMBS. And so you have 
fully amortizing balloon interest only or partial interest only. And, and you can see that since 2011, we've basically doubled, CMBS has doubled the amount of structures associated with interest only, partial interest only. So we are beginning to see more risk associated with some of those loans. Okay, stay with us. We'll take a short break. We'll have more with Brian Bailey. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by Florida International University. With FIU's Fast Track system, you can earn your master's in real estate in just 10 months without interrupting your career. Visit FIUonline.com to learn more. That's FIUonline.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. You may be listening to the show anywhere from Atlanta to Hawaii today. The show has been on the air for four years around the country on iTunes, on multiple websites, and on 11 stations around the country. We'd like to welcome our listeners in Orlando, Florida on WRSO. It's 810 AM and 93.1 FM on every Saturday morning at 9 AM. Well, today our show is called The Fed's View on Commercial Real Estate. We have Brian Bailey here with the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta here with us in Studio One. And Brian, before the break, you mentioned a little bit of risk possibly with the CMBS loans. Tell us more about that. Right. Well, in addition to the increased amount of interest only, which is one piece of a loan, you know, we see some um, degradation in the credit underwriting standards. So, you know, whether they're loosening uh, their view on cap rates, et cetera, we see some of that. But again, you know, those are just a piece of the loan. You know, certainly you have to have macro factors and certainly um, we're seeing, you know, improving job, job employment picture. So that certainly makes, you know, helps out a loan. Um, market fundamentals, we've not seen a lot of new construction. Um, other than apartments, and so certainly that helps um, a current owner. And, and then the borrower is, is finally in their wherewithal. And, and so really, you know, you've kind of got those three pieces that, that make up a successful loan. So we're seeing, you know, some more risk beginning to enter the picture, but we're in a little bit different day in that we have, you know, the tailwinds of an improving economy, um, the tailwind of not a lot of new construction that has come online recently. Um, and, and certainly, you know, the borrowers have been careful um, in the recent years as far as, you know, their financial situation. So certainly we're in a little bit different environment than we were, say, four or five years ago. Yeah, that's a good point. I think the uh, the outlook for commercial real estate is strong. You know, you have uh, retailers starting to expand more uh, in the office market. Yeah, like you said, there's been no new construction. Uh, so there are a lot of great signs. And, and you mentioned new construction levels. That seems like, you know, one of the untold stories, I think, that in, in some ways commercial real estate takes care of itself uh, if, if, you're, if there's less built, you know, and, and times can catch up and occupancy catches up. What have you seen for construction levels? Well, I think except for multifamily, except for apartments, you know, construction for office, retail, and industrial has been relatively muted. Now, you're seeing it return in some of the major markets, um, industrial specifically, seeing you know, s- uh, uh, several new industrial projects, seeing new um, uh, specific uh, tenant owner-occupied 
uh, type office projects that are going up or retail projects. But still, you know, the market is very careful with the construction just because of the fundamentals that we have in place. You know, vacancy is trending downward, but it's still at heightened levels. And so we've still got a little ways to go before I would expect to see, you know, a wave of, of speculative construction begin. Multifamily, different story. Multifamily has had a very good run uh, for for two or three years now. Um, you know the construction is back significantly, um, and and so I I would probably categorize uh, that sector as, as as one of maturity. Again, very submarket specific. Um, you know there are places such as Florida. Um, Atlanta, Phoenix, you know, that really have lagged the rebound in multifamily and are now catching up significantly. Um, but some of the markets such as Austin and Washington, D.C. and Boston are, and New York City are, are more mature. And, and so you're not seeing the rapid amount of growth there. Yeah. And it seems like uh, I know you did the slide earlier and talked about uh, underwriting kind of slipping a little bit and uh, and allowing more of these loans to go through. But uh, when I talk to the developers uh, on our show and in our business, it seems like, yeah, they, they tell us the uh, underwriting is, is not uh, weak at all and that it's very tough to get a new construction loan. But at the same time, you know, they'll tell us, look, we're, we're probably tougher than the banks. I mean, really want a lot of pre-leasing. We want to make sure the market is really ready. Like you said, they're more careful. And a lot of that is, is, is like you said, the economy is what's going to happen in the economy. So, you know, what do you expect in the next few years and, and how might the, uh, the change in economy impact commercial real estate? Great question. Uh, and, and one with many variables attached, and I'll talk to a few of them. But I think, you know, my expectation is that, you know, we're on a positive trajectory and that we continue. I, I cannot see anything that would derail us from that positive trajectory at this moment. I think, I think that there will be some bumps. I mean, certainly we see some of the uncertainty associated with some of the geopolitical and economic issues that are, that are um, alive in the world today. And, and, and so certainly I think the trajectory is positive. Question is trade. Um, we've talked a little bit about that. Um, office using employment is up. But we're changing our use preferences, and we're putting more people in, you know, small in the same or smaller square footage. So certainly that's coming. Retailers, we see more sales going online, um, and and certainly that's put some pressure and continues to be a an area of pressure for retailers. And then and then finally, as we talked about multifamily, I think it's in a mature stage. Supply and demand seem to be in relative equilibrium. Question is, you know, do we get far from that? All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more from Brian Bailey. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We have some great shows coming up for you, including one on adaptive reuse and one on healthcare real estate. Be sure and catch shows of special interest for you. Sign up for a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com. Today our show is called The Fed's View on Commercial Real Estate. We have Brian Bailey here with us from the Federal Bank of Atlanta, Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, and 
And uh, now I have the ultimate question for you, Brian. And uh, how soon, at what level, might interest rates rise? Thank you, Michael. I, I appreciate you the easy question. <laughs> Uh, you know, I wish I would have brought my crystal ball today. Yeah. I, I certainly could have been a, of help. But I think, you know, the Federal Reserve um, and the officials at the Federal Reserve have done a, a very good job mm -hmm. at articulating our position on short-term interest rates and what their expectations are as far as the Fed funds rates are concerned. Um, I would reference, you know, a speech given just a little while ago uh, by the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta's president, Dennis Lockhart. And his expectations are that he's looking, in his opinion, he believes that um, liftoff or Federal Reserve uh, parlance for the Federal Reserve uh, Fed fund rates moving up um, probably occurs sometime in mid-2015. But obviously it's a fluid situation based on, you know, how the economy is doing. Um, my personal views on how it will impact commercial real estate is I think that in the short term, um, you know, with a very measured, well-articulated move, is that there will be very minimal impact to debt service in the short term. Um, cap rates, I, I don't think, will, will move significantly either. Again, my personal views. Longer term, we may see a little bit of movement, but um, as, as we've talked about in one of the slides on, on slide seven, you know, we've seen you know, spreads, the difference between the 10-year Treasury and cap rates, they've widened out and are pretty much, you know, very close, if not at all-time highs over the last 12 years of data that we've presented here. And so my expectation is, as you begin to see, you know, some movement in interest rates, that, you know, that, that the spread, that there'll be uh, some upward movement in cap rates, but you'll see some of those spreads narrow. And so I don't think that the, that the impact will be significant. Okay, and you talked about the takeoff. <laughs> lift off. Lift off, right, the lift off. So is that a rocket ship or a hot air balloon? How, how <laughs> <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good question, and, I, and, I've, and I've left my crystal ball at home, so I unfortunately you know, can't uh, or, or do a very good job at answering that question. Okay. Well, how is tapering of, of quantitative easing impacting the economy and interest rates? Uh, what's going on there? Well, certainly I think quantitative easing has done a very good job at accomplishing the mission that the Federal Reserve intended it to do. And so certainly you've begun to see as that mission has, has the necessity has waned, as the economy has improved significantly, you've seen us continue to taper. Um, and certainly um, really has not had a significant impact. On, on the long-term interest rates. I think part of that is that we've benefited, the United States, as everyone knows, is a haven for capital, flight to quality, and we've seen some of these geopolitical issues in Europe and the Middle East that is, have moved you know, more dollars here, moved more dollars into real estate, and, and you know, really put uh, some downward pressure on, on, on some of those rates. Okay, we'll have another easy question for you. <laughs> How is Obamacare impacting job growth? An another very easy question. <laughs> uh, um, and, and let me speak anecdotally. Yeah. I mean, so we've, talk we've talked to a number of employers, mm -hmm. and they've talked about, you know, how the costs have increased. And, and what that's done is it's increased the expense for, you know, a, a hiring decision that is not a good fit. And so what they're doing is it's caused employers to further scrutinize the hiring process. And as you know, they're hiring, 
you know, we've, we've added 200,000 jobs on average for the last 12 months. So employers are hiring, but they're taking longer to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really been, you know, in my personal view, the impact uh, uh, on Ob- for Obamacare, for the Affordable Care Act on uh, the marketplace. Yeah, I think there would be more, more employment and, and a higher increase in employment if there was less regulation, less costs with that were mandated by Obamacare. But, uh, you know, we're talk radio, so, right? That's usually what we think, I guess. What about increase in minimum wage? How might that impact the economy in real estate? Right. And, and really, I don't uh, comment on pending legislation, mm-hmm. but I'll talk about some of the potential impacts mm-hmm. on, on commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, most of the trade workers that I know you know, their wages are in excess of $15. Mm-hmm. So I don't expect a significant impact um, on the price of construction um, as far as the labor component is concerned. Where I do think it would have an impact is, is on the operations piece. Mm-hmm. And, and so what I think will end up happening is, you know, it'll, it'll force technological innovation. It'll increase productivity, which may in some cases lead to some displacement in the workforce, but as we know, with that comes opportunity for retraining mm-hmm. into, into other jobs that are in need. And, and so I, I think that, in my mind, is, is some of the dynamics that you may see as um, uh, the minimum wage um, inc- potentially increases. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I think we'll, we may be dealing more with computers and machines uh, than people uh, if they raise minimum wage. I mean, we'll probably go into McDonald's and get it from a machine, right? Absolutely. I think robotics yeah. and, and look at all of yeah. the uh, uh, publicity around drones right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that we're ever going to replace the UPS man, mm-hmm. but, I mean, there certainly are folks, um, e-retailers, you know, that are trying to think outside the box and, and potentially, you know, get your uh, Amazon delivery by drone or something like that. Yeah, well, I don't think they should mandate and increase the minimum wage, but that's my opinion. And I'll be right back with Brian Bailey. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today, our show is called The Fed's View on Commercial Real Estate. Remember, if you have any questions, do please send them to us. Each business day, I answer a commercial real estate-related question on video. You can see these questions and answers, these short, quick videos, at the Commercial Real Estate Show website. Just look for the tab, Answers. We have Brian Bailey here with us with the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta in and Brian, this is a short segment here at the end of the show, but uh, what might surprise people about the Fed? Certainly. You know, one of the things that I didn't know about the Fed prior to getting there is, is that all the revenue that the Fed generates is turned over to the United States Treasury. We are allowed to charge for the services that we render to banks, uh, plus the in- investment income that we make, and all of that money is turned over to the U.S. Treasury. And last year, I think we turned over roughly $90 billion dollars. 
Nice, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> a little change. <laughs> That's right. What else might surprise people about the Fed, Brian? Well, you know, one of the things that's been great for me is interfacing with the public and all of the folks who have readily contributed their time and expertise in trying to help us understand the trends in the marketplace. Uh, you know, I can't say thank you enough. I'm I'm very appreciative. They understand that you know it's a you know it's a, uh, the Fed has some very hard decisions to make, and we're trying to make the best informed decisions that we can. So I just like to say thank you to those folks who who help us. That's great. You know you can call me anytime. You guys need anything. You got it. <laughs> uh, can you share a closing tip with our listeners? Well, I think you know right now. I mean, we're in a different day than we were a year ago. We're seeing job growth. We're beginning to see some income growth. So certainly some positive news there and 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 there are you know commercial real estate financing opportunities that are beginning to show as the economy improves certainly good news and based on some of the data that we've we've provided to the show um, you see that the banks are looking for opportunities to lend you know a number of them are loosening their underwriting standards and we're beginning to see the you know the fruits of that as you see um, you know multifamily lending the balances at all-time highs over the last seven years the same the same thing with um, leased real estate other other CRE and so you're certainly seeing you know the bank banks, you know, beginning to get back into it. They are looking for opportunities. So I think it is a good time, um, you know, to, to look at the lending environment if you're looking for financing. I think that's, you know, very positive fact. I think it has to be done, though, um, you know, you, per se, you have to right size it. I mean, you have to understand that, you know, we're probably going into a rising interest rate environment and that it could impact um, the financial performance sometime down the road as potentially you need to refinance it. And I've talked to a number of, of folks who are borrowing money, and that's one of their strategies. It, you know, they don't under, you know, no one understands how far interest rates are going to go. Um, but one of the things that they're doing to mitigate that risk is they're borrowing an amount that they feel comfortable with. And so I think, I think that that is, uh, you know, a very positive takeaway from some of the, you know, downturn that we saw is that, you know, people are watching the amount of risk that they're taking on. Yeah, well, I think that's a good point. The, the right amount of uh, loan isn't the most you can possibly get <laughs> in a lot of cases. And, and, we, and we saw the impact of that, you know, for, for several years. And you mentioned that your firm has been, you know, selling some of the REO assets. And, mm -hmm. and that's certainly, you know, nowhere, uh, you know, not a place where we want to go, mm -hmm. certainly from the Fed's perspective as far as the safety and soundness of the financial system. I mean, you have a lot of folks that are working very hard within the system to ensure that we we don't get there again. At the same time, we all understand that there's you know cyclicality that takes place in the market. Brian, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate the opportunity. We appreciate it. And if you help, please join us next week. We'll have a show on the benefits of the top real estate programs at the top colleges. And so uh, thanks for joining us today. I'm Michael Bull. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. 
The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Florida International University. Earn your commercial real estate master's degree in as little as 10 months. Visit FIUonline.com. And Bull Realty Commercial Brokers, a great place to do business. Visit bullrealty.com. And France Media Publications and Conferences. For exposure to the world of commercial real estate, visit francemediainc.com.